This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, August 20th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, Telluride School District masks up, Colorado Snow Sports Hall of Fame recognizes local legend, Listening Club looks at Mama's Gun, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, on Friday, Black Bear Pass closed for a little less than two hours as San Miguel County Sheriff's deputies responded to an overturned SUV. The pass reopened by about 1 p.m. According to the sheriff's office, there were no injuries. As COVID-19 case numbers rise in San Miguel County, the Telluride School District has expanded its mask requirements. Starting Monday, August 23rd, all students and staff will be required to wear masks indoors. Previously, only students and staff in kindergarten through sixth grade, where most students cannot get vaccinated, had to wear masks indoors. Last Friday, the data did not look as bad as it does this Friday. That's Superintendent John Pandolfo, who announced the change in an email to the community on Thursday night, following a notification from the county public health department of a, quote, alarming increase in COVID in the community based on wastewater testing. The number of local positive COVID tests has also been increasing over the last few weeks as the more contagious Delta variant spreads. It was a continuous flow of information that was heading in the wrong direction. Mask use outdoors will remain optional in the district, but recommended for all students and staff. At this point, Pandolfo says the district isn't considering any other changes. We're not looking at changing our schedule. We're not looking at changing how we have cohorts and classes set up. There's nothing that I can think of at this point that we're looking at changing, but you know um, how it goes. Any of that can change uh, five minutes after we hang up. The expanded mask requirements will remain in place for two weeks, at which point the district will reassess the data. But Pandolfo says he does not plan to make decisions based on a matrix with firm trigger points like last year. That system, he explains, didn't allow for flexibility. I don't plan on saying... When the incidence rate gets below X and the positivity rate gets below Y and the wastewater treatment numbers get below Z, then we're going to change the mask mandate. Or when they get above it, then we're going to have to, you know, go remote. God forbid that should end up happening. Um, I just feel like there's just things are changing too much. There's too much information coming out all the time, like new information that informs us more. So I think it has to be the best decision we can make in in judgment with everyone. Pandolfo hopes in two weeks local numbers are down, but he adds a lot depends on what happens in the community. We can't do it alone. We can have students wear masks, but if students are forced to wear masks in school and outside of school, everything continues going the way it's going and the numbers continue, you know, the numbers will continue to go where they're going. So it needs to be a community effort. In the meantime, with the new school year less than a week old, Pendolfo is happy to have buildings full and students back in classrooms. I think if someone were to be dropped down into our schools right now, um, yes, they would see people wearing masks, but when they look at how things are going in classrooms, they would have no idea of everything that we have been through in the last week and in the last year and a half because there's so much good stuff going on. The top priority, he says, is keeping kids in school for in-person learning. As snow begins to dust the peaks of the San Juans, 
Colorado Snow Sports is recognizing a San Miguel local for great contributions in the world of skiing. KOTO's Julia Caulfield has more. Pam Petty learned how to ski in Norway in the early 60s. After college, she was working at a hotel for the winter. Where my best friends were the ski instructors, so guess what? (laughs) Thinking back to her first time on skis, it didn't necessarily come naturally. I asked which way I should stand on them to get fitted for the bear trap bindings. They had a side hitch because they were alpine with skis, wooden skis. And they had a side hitch to hold my heel down when I wanted to ski downhill. And it almost did a job. And then when I I would take the cable out of the hitches when we went cross country. So one pair of skis for both styles of skiing. But Petty came a long way from that winter in Norway. She has been a ski instructor, worked for Vail Resorts and Colorado Ski Country USA in public affairs. Now, roughly 50 years after learning to ski, Petty is getting inducted into the Colorado Snow Sports Hall of Fame. Colorado Snow Sports is recognizing Petty for her trailblazing work in public relations and communications. She notes from the start of her career, it was a bit of a whirlwind. An example from her first month at Vail Resorts. Let's see, I started in July and in August I was organizing a press conference for the then just named Vice President of the United States at the Lodge at Vail. Never done a press conference. There was also the time Elvis came to Snowmobile, actor Tom Laughlin stopped by. But it's not the presidential visits or celebrity encounters that make this sport for Petty. It's the people. It's people who tolerate, depending on their own life experiences, a, an amount of risk. And But it takes them places where they don't go otherwise. And it's the way skiing makes you feel. I felt beautiful. It's the only time in my life that I felt beautiful. When you're skiing well, it's effortless. And it's smooth and rhythmic. When I was skiing for fun, I was gliding back and forth in rhythm as if I were weightless. Petty doesn't hit the slopes anymore, but she says that feeling, that's still there. I remember the feel. And that's the beauty of it. Still feels good. Petty will be inducted into the 2021 Colorado Snow Sports Hall of Fame on Sunday, August 22nd in Vail. This Monday, the Wilkinson Public Library will host its monthly listening club. It's like a book club, but for albums. This month, Claybrook Penn will host a discussion on her album of choice, Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. Came out in 2000. And yeah, it's probably, it's definitely in my top three. It might be in my top two. Every song is a banger in its own way, has great rhythm, great groove, perfect feel, jazz, hip hop, R&B, all of it. I don't remember the first time I heard the album. I remember the first time I heard a single, uh, which would have been Bag Lady. Gonna hurt your back. Like 
it has just a fun and good message for people, which is put your baggage down. It's getting in your way. Uh, so move along. <laughs> Let it go. I was in college in Columbia, South Carolina. So basically picture driving in your car and, you know, traffic going to or from a class and you're listening to your local hip hop or rap station because you live in the Southeast in a major city. And <laughs> this song is coming on every two hours, every hour on, on the Hot 103.9. Green eyes. The opening line is, my eyes are green because I eat a lot of vegetables. It don't got nothing to do with your new friend. And that one really takes the jazz. Uh, I, I mentioned hip hop and R&B and jazz, and this one really has a jazz feel to it, and it really, and it almost has an improvisational style. There are certain songs and certain sort of sides, maybe to the album. It is a double LP, so there are certain sides to the album that have certain feels, and especially if I am in a bad mood and I want to blow off some steam. Penitentiary philosophy is my jam. It comes with sort of a hardness, and the chorus to that song is, why world, why you want to make mama mad? This album in particular is a snapshot of a time, which would be late 90s, early 2000s, where we're, we're really blending a lot of different musical genres. And this album takes a lot of different uh, luminaries of those genres, but they're also young and they have a lot of energy. Uh, so they were going to record shops, they were hanging out. It was maybe a smoky studio, maybe some heavy incense in the air, <laughs> among other things. <laughs> there is the idea that we might want to go back and pay respect and reverence to that music which has come before um, and try to move forward together as creatives. The Listening Club discussion on Mama's Gun by Erica Badu will take place this Monday, August 23rd from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library on the Lower Terrace. From kindergarten through eighth grade, Diva Chisonis rode the bus to school. Well, I went to a Catholic school and we shared the bus route with the public school. So I was the only one in a parochial school skirt. And that was a little tough because we kind of stuck out. We had uniforms and all my friends in the neighborhood didn't. They got to wear what they wanted. Um, but I always had such a great time and bouncing over the big bumps. And as you get older, you tend to go towards the back of the bus. And that's kind of like... Mm, you're growing up. You're back there with the trouble. You know, the bus driver in the front is just like, whatever, just stay away from the little kids. For Chisonis, who is the San Miguel County Poet Laureate, 
It's a time in her life she looks back on fondly. And I was the oldest, so I had to take care of my two siblings and make sure they weren't getting into trouble on the bus. You know, I think it's just such a big part of our upbringing, and it's never really talked about. Just like chairlifts, the most not-talked-about accessory in the ski industry, you know? And for everyone else. You know, when you pass a bus on, you know, on the spur or wherever it is you are or just here in town, just think back to what that meant to yourself, you know, as, as yourself as a kid. And were you a nice person? Were you a little mean? And did you thank your driver? I remember our driver. His name was Albert. Thank you, Albert. So where is this all going? Well, a few months ago, Kodo News reached out to a handful of local artists to create art based on the theme of Bluebird's State of Mind. Unfortunately, that project fell through, but Chisonis still created something, a poem. But it wasn't about clear skies over snow-capped mountains or chirping birds. It was about buses, Bluebird school buses. With school starting back up this week for many in the Telluride area, we thought it would be a good time to share her school bus poem. Bluebird's State of Mind You never forget your first bluebird day. That rumble at the top of the hill. That smooth glide stop. That psh of the door. That huge first step that brought your knee to your nose. That driver that knew your name as you squared up to walk the aisle, looking for a seat in a friendly zone. Don't go all the way back. That's where the big kids do drugs and make out. Square it up and find a seat next to a kid your own size. Your first bluebird, capital B, capital B, was your first bus. Since 1927, 550,000 bluebirds have fledged to facilitate. 180,000 of them cruise in school districts right now. Reserved for the school market, bluebirds were not in Birmingham. That bus bombing on a greyhound. Bluebirds were not in Montgomery. Rosa Parks and the boycott was all about the General Motors' old look. Old look, indeed. But at times, bluebirds show up as backup. Athletes to games, prisoners to jails, festivarians to parks, protesters to rallies, madmen to marches, deportees to camps. A little side hustle keeping those big wheels turning. Whether you rode the flat-fronted All-American, or the long-hooded Vision, or a microbird, the short bus, there's nothing like the gritty slider windows of a bluebird. The disbelief of not a seatbelt in sight. The sticky pleather on the backs of almost summer legs. Or emergency drill day, remember? You got to jump out of the sacred back door like a parachutist dropping into war. Plaid parochial school skirts flitting up in the air. They say their work is their heritage, that the company is purpose-driven. They are a part of our upbringing. The blue is in our blood. That was San Miguel County Poet Laureate Diva Chisonis reading her poem, Bluebird's State of Mind. The Telluride Historical Museum has canceled their Evening with Ken Burns fundraiser due to concerns about the Delta variant of the coronavirus. 
The museum made the announcement Thursday evening. This will be the second year without the event, which is one of the local nonprofit's largest fundraisers, according to Mary Higgins, director of public engagement for the museum. It's certainly a disappointment, and we do hope that some folks have come forward, members already saying that, oh, you know, just keep my ticket cost as a donation to the museum for this year, and, and we're looking forward to next year. Um, and we are hoping, again, for this event to take place in the future. According to the museum, purchases for those who already got tickets will be refunded at the point of sale in the next few days. The organization has also had to cancel other fundraisers in the last year. For those interested in supporting the museum, Higgins says memberships are the best way. The Colorado Department of Transportation will be doing road maintenance operations on a stretch of Highway 145 between Placerville and Norwood from mile markers 88 to 101 next week. The work to do chip seal paving will last from Monday, August 23rd to Thursday, August 26th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. CDOT anticipates delays of up to 20 minutes. There will also be a speed reduction of 40 miles per hour through the work zone. Colorado mountain towns are pursuing more limits on short-term rentals as their residents struggle to find places to live. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Steamboat Springs is on the verge of banning short-term rentals from some of its neighborhoods. Resident Scott Wappas says the increase in nightly rentals during the pandemic is causing worker shortages and blocking other young professionals like him from moving in. I'm fearful for the future of this community if we don't do something and act now and act fast and act effectively. The town of Winter Park wants to pay some residents up to $20,000 to convert their short-term rentals into long-term leases for local workers. And residents in other towns from Telluride to Frisco are pursuing ballot initiatives to restrict nightly rentals. Some business leaders fear the efforts will hurt tourism. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 40 degrees. Saturday should be sunny with a high in the mid-60s and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Saturday night, expect mostly cloudy skies with a low around 50 degrees and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Sunday calls for sunny skies with a high near 70, and Sunday night mostly clear with a low around 50. This has been the news for Friday, August 20th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.